Guys, welcome to the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's great to be with you guys on a Thursday afternoon in our building, the Macklin Building on Market Street. A lot to cover on today's program. Mortgage rates have fallen below 7% for the first time since August. I want to talk cause and effect of rates dropping as Jerome Powell lets off the gas and, and dovish statements from Powell leading everyone to believe that 2024 could be a buyer's bonanza. As rates fall, what is the cause and effect for the Charlottesville, Albemarle County, and Central Virginia real estate markets? We'll talk about that on today's show. On today's program, I want to chitter-chatter. Woodbrook Elementary, we talked about this briefly yesterday before a fantastic interview with Hillary Lewis. Who would not want to see a Hillary Lewis talk show, by the way? Right. Hillary Lewis, if you're watching the show, you hosting a talk show on this network would be sensational. I sincerely mean that. Um, I want to talk about the um, Woodbrook Elementary COVID outbreak. Um, an outbreak so severe, we are hearing from three teachers, six parents, and the significant other of another teacher about this. Woodbrook Elementary has had, as of yesterday, eight teachers and two students in two different classes get popped with COVID because of the close cluster nature of these 10 individuals in two different classes. The Blue Ridge Health District is classifying this as an outbreak An outbreak is defined as three or more cases linked by a common exposure. They have 10 as of of yesterday. I'm I'm hearing it's more than that. And as a result, teachers are facing a mandate to get tested. Some of those teachers have reached out to us and offered their thoughts and opinion on a school system and a school district mandating COVID tests at this point of 2023 and on the brink of 2024. I will relay to you what they have in mind. We're hearing through the grapevine, ladies and gentlemen. This is secondhand commentary from three individuals. One of them I trust very well. I'm not going to say who he is, but he's watching the program right now. That the developer of this Ivy Road Tower... 200 and, I mean, this is a massive project right here. Got some viewers and listeners out there waving to us. Hello. It's nice to see you as well. Um, 10 stories, 130 feet tall, 242-unit apartment. This out-of-market developer may not have the financial resources to make this actual project a reality, and is playing a smoke and mirrors game, some may call it a shell game, to drive up the value of the real estate to exit at top dollar. That would be an incredibly strategic move. I want to highlight that on today's talk show. I also want to talk on today's program um, about uh, a holiday... 
I don't know, how would you call it? A bunch of holiday activities in downtown Charlottesville at a time when downtown Charlottesville needs positivity? I mean, we just had a stabbing at the Haven. Did you see that, Judah? Yeah, I saw that. Saw, had a stabbing at the Haven. Shame. 2023, I wouldn't say, has been a fantastic year for downtown Seaville. I love the downtown. A lot of our retirement is t- tied to downtown Charlottesville with the ownership of a great chunk of this building that we're sitting in right now broadcasting this show within. Would love nothing more than to, to figure out a way to pass this along to our boys. I mean, yeah, you had the Market Street Park tent town, Sandersville. You have the panhandling and the homelessness at, at levels I have not seen in 23 years of being in this town. You got vacancies. You seen the vacancies when you walk on the mall? Red Pump Kitchen just had a price reduction. That's been on the market for since basically since the beginning of COVID. Officially listed earlier this year, but on the DL, on the hush-hush, in the uh, inner circles, on the market for a very long period of time. You got storefronts that are boarded up and or vacant. I wouldn't say it's been a particularly fantastic year for downtown Charlottesville. I'm going to highlight holiday festivities that are happening. Magic on the Mall. Judah, I want you to take a look at Magic on the Mall and some of the items that you're potentially excited about. I think Judah in particular is excited for the Jolly Holly Trolley. I can see Judah in the caboose of the Jolly Holly Trolley with Liza, the I Love Seville mascot, going choo-choo. Do trolleys go choo-choo? Uh, I think that's only trains. But you would do that with the Jolly Holly Trolley, would you not? Are you most excited with the free selfies with Santa? Are we too old to sit on Kris Kringle's lap and, and, and stroke his beard and, and whisper in his ear what we want for Christmas? We're too old for that? I don't think I'm too old for that. I, don't know I mean, I'm, frankly, I'm a very immature person. I think the viewers and listeners realize that. I would sit on Kris Kringle's lap. I would sit on Martha Kringle's lap, even if it's non-revealing attire, Martha Kringle. I don't think I've ever had a a photo with Santa. What? In your entire life? I don't think so. Hold on a second. In your entire life, you've never had a photo taken on the lap of Santa Claus? None that I can recall. I don't think I've ever seen a photo of anything like that. Really? That breaks my heart. I generally would poke a little fun at that or offer a, a, a quick quip or some witty banter and jovial, loving jest of you. But no photo of Santa Judah B. Wickhauer. That's soul-crushing. I don't think it's a big deal. I, I, don't, I don't think we were ever... Of the viewers and listeners watching this Fine and Fair talk show, I would bet over... I don't think, we have, I don't think our parents ever entertained us with the idea that, there was, that Santa was real. They didn't entertain you with the idea of Christmas magic. I, I mean, we had and plenty love of Christmas magic around right? a Christmas tree. I remember getting out of getting up at the the butt crack of dawn, like waiting to open presents. I, we didn't have any problems with Christmas magic. I just never thought that Santa was real. Derek I mean, Bond, it, I'll get to your comment. I completely agree with Derek Bond, the owner <laughs> of the Melting Pot and Moe's Barbecue. Derek Bond and I align on like 99.9% of ideological 
uh, perspectives. Holly Foster and Henrico will get to your comment in a matter of moments. Viewers and listeners, Judah has never had a photo with Santa. I think I need to organize a Santa photo shoot on the downtown mall where you sit on Kris Kringle's lap. Liza, your dog, can be sitting next to Santa's boot while you're sitting on Kris Kringle's lap. You don't have to stroke his beard. Vanessa Parkhill says that's a bit too much. And I will personally take the photo and we show it on the I Love Seville show. All that just for me. All that just for you, because I care. And it's genuine and authentic. You don't think, you don't want a photo with Santa? Uh, it's never something that's occurred to me. How uh, do I respond to that, ladies and gentlemen? Please <laughs> let me know. I sincerely mean that. Do we, do we, are we sad? Are we sad? Or do we give props to Judah's parents that they did not romanticize the nature of a bearded man in a red velvet suit dashing and flying and zooming around the world on a chariot or sleigh led and pulled by reindeer, one in particular with a red nose that lit up the sky so Santa could, involve, could uh, avoid inclement weather, planets, rocks, wind, turbulence planets i mean he's got to be going in the solar system in some capacity right or is he just going in the speed of all those other planets with kids (laughs) oh god jenny who says whoa judah remember that some people listen with their children oh judah he doesn't he doesn't have any children he doesn't have any children i that's why we didn't highlight that um very i there's nothing more than i love hearing santa on our roof and coming down our chimney and delivering packages for our boys and eating the chocolate chip cookies and we leave out carrots for the reindeer and a tall glass of skim milk not one percent not two percent skim milk yes i get heat for the skim milk presents get shorted every year i get i love the skim milk there's nothing more than i love hearing santa on the roof and watching our boys eyes light up all right, let's get to uh, the topics. I, I am floored that you have not had a photo with Santa Claus. I mean, is it all that much fun standing in line with a bunch of other, like, screaming and crying kids and their parents, like, waiting to, uh, for a chance to sit down on some guy's Santa's lap? A microcosm of <laughs> Judah Wickhauer, that sentence right there. Some would call uh, him Judah Wickhauer. Others may call him Scrooge. I'm wounded. I, you're, deeply, you're, you're far from... Wounded. And I will, I'll take that back. You're very far from a Scrooge. You are sounding a bit sour right now when it comes to Christmas. I do want you to I'm highlight like, that. You should listen to the replay. Sour? You, you don't understand how you're sounding sour right now? How am I sounding, sounding sour? Is the magic lost the older you get? Perhaps I'm taking, perhaps I'm underestimating how the magic is rekindled and recreated with the birth of our children and seeing the magic through their eyes. Maybe that's what I'm underestimating here. But yes, that's part of the, Kelly Jackson says, Judah, my dogs even get a photo with Santa. Oh, now I'm being compared to someone. Holly Foster says the viewers all want to see Judah and Liza with Santa. He can stand next to Santa and have Liza on Santa's lap. 
Jennifer is saying, Jesus, Jerry, give Judah a day off to get a photo with Santa. Maybe we, uh, maybe we get Keith to help out with that. What, how are we going to get Keith to help out with that? Get him to get him a. You want to sit on Keith's lap? <laughs> I don't want to sit on Keith's lap. I want to sit. I don't want to sit on Keith Smith's lap. I want to sit on Chris Kringle's lap or naughty, naughty Martha, Martha Kringle. Uh, wait. I thought it was Jessica. I thought no. You said it was not Martha. You said it was. Jessica? Was it Jessica? I believe Jessica Claus just does not have the same ring as Martha Claus. I mean... Martha Claus, not Jessica. The man doesn't take photos with Santa, and now he's trying to rename Martha to Jessica. I would never. Next thing you're going to call Martha Bambi. What? Next thing you're going to call Martha Lotta Curbs. What's her name? What's her name? I told it's Martha. You. I gotta, you've got me all off track with this not photo ever with Santa Claus. Golly, I need to call your parents. <laughs> I need to talk to Big Jim. All right, let's get to the topic du jour today on the I Love Seville show. Mortgage rates for the first time since August. And if you want to jump in with any of your joyous memories of Christmas, please feel free to do so over there, Judah. Mortgage rates for the first time, Judah, since August of this year have fallen below 7%. Yeah. And with the Federal Reserve signaling in its most recent meeting that rate cuts may be coming in 2024, mortgage rates are expected to continue falling throughout 2024. The 30-year fixed mortgage rate fell to an average of 6.95%. 6.95% guys today. They have fallen for a handful of weeks and for the first time since August they are below 7. They've fallen for 7 straight weeks and a lot of crystal ball experts and prognosticators have said we'll see rates in the 5s in 2024. In fact, Mike Buchensky, nice. a First Heritage Mortgage. Coach B, you watching the program, dude? Love when Coach B watches the program. Coach B, a First Heritage Mortgage has says expect rates in the mid-fives in 2024. I'd like to do a little uh, uh, yin and yang, a little Tony and Mike, a little devil's advocate, a little car talk, a little crossfire, if you may, with rates falling below 7% and the cause and effect. And we'll get the viewers and listeners to jump in with their conversation and their perspective as well. Ginny Who says, Santa will get holiday crack cookies at our house. Oh, those cookies, Ginny, were so good. That oh, tin yeah. of cookies you, left, uh, you gave me left, lasted about six hours. With yours truly eating probably 65 or 70% of them. I'm so, still portioning mine out. You still have some? Got to make them last. Bring them to work. Hell no. Let me eat those. <laughs> I will get you a photo with Santa if you let me eat Ginny's cookies. Oh, is that the is that the reward I get? Kelly Jackson, we'll get to the ranking of the viewers in our power poll. And KJ, you're on that list. You are on that list, KJ. You say rates falling is good for the housing market and for folks to be able to buy houses. Make your case. Make your argument. The show is yours. Judah, be Wickhauer. I mean, that will make people, first of all, It'll make people more willing to move out of their house. If, list their home. Yeah. I give you that. Home. I'll give you that. And I'll give you that. And I think there, there may be, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but there may be people who have 
just given up on the market because uh, the cost is just prohibitive at the at the as high as the rates are. I mean, when you're looking at uh, buying a house, that uh, the, not only has the price of the house gone up, but your rates are making it so that you're going to end up. I mean, I, are are rates making it so that mortgages are more expensive than rent? All right. Ask that again. I didn't follow that question. Ask that again. Uh, in a different in a different way. What did you mean there? I didn't catch that. Are, are, are high rates are, making rents more expensive? Are high rates making the cost of a mortgage more expensive than rent? Yeah. Yeah. And, of course. And so if rates go down, then people may be more willing to jump into the market and look for a place, give up their... Uh, they're at this point lower rent for uh, for you know something that's something that's better off long term because you're because you're putting away money. One of the funniest guys in Charlottesville in Central Virginia, the Commonwealth, and on the East Coast is watching the program right now. Chris Allen, I love you, Chris Allen. Your star is so effing bright, Chris Allen. I truly expect to see you on the Tonight Show uh, or with your own Netflix special in the very near future. Um, I'm going to jump in here. Mm-hmm. What Judah's saying is not wrong. Rates being high have kept inventory throttled. Who's going to give up their sub 4% interest rate when rates are at 8%? Who's going to trade an asset for a liability? I wouldn't say it's a liability, but who's going to trade an asset for something that's 2x more expensive? Yeah, you may be That's giving, what Judah's point is. You may be giving up some of your, your saved um, equity. Go through this equation, then you jump back in. Mm-hmm. No question what Judah's saying. Inventory is throttled because rates were high. Second part that Judah says, I think this is what Judah says. I'm going to paraphrase what I think he said. Rents are more expensive because rates are high. And you're going to ask, Jerry, how is the rental market more expensive when mortgage rates are higher? Well, I'll explain it to you. When mortgage rates are higher, less people can afford to buy. And if they can't afford to buy, they're back in the renter pool. And if they're in the renter pool and there's more people in the renter pool, the leverage is on the side of the landlord and landlords can command top rents, top dollar in rents. So as as mortgage rates escalated, rents escalated as well. No question about it. Next thing I will throw out there, Judah was right. When rates drop and they've dropped in the last, October was the most expensive month in American history to buy a home. The least affordable month in American history was October 2023, when rates in some some circumstances were over 8%, depending on your buyer profile. So in the last 90 days, we've seen rates drop over a point. Over a point. So Judah is right. When rates drop over a point, on paper, buying a house is more affordable because the debt service, the payment you make every month to buy a house is less. That's on paper. Everything Judah has said makes sense from a read it in a textbook. This is exactly what people would say when you read it in a textbook could happen. I'm going to make a counter argument on the talk show. And here's the counter argument I'm going to make on this talk show. In our market, I'm not going to compare this to a macro market or a national market, but in the Charlottesville and Central Virginia market, 
when rates continue to drop that are below 7% now, Buchensky thinks they're going to be mid-fives in 2024. If rates tumble to the mid-fives in 2024, you're going to have a buyer's bonanza. You have population increase. I've highlighted why the population is increased. Biotech school, 3,000 people coming. Data science school, Amazon, $11 billion, Louisa County, Northrop Grumman, Two, three hundred million Waynesboro, 94 new jobs, expanded enrollment at the University of Virginia, hiring more people at the University of Virginia. Population is increasing. Furthermore, national publications are giving props to Charlottesville, which is further driving population increase. Bloomberg Magazine says we're a top 20 market nationally for people working hybrid and remote. Basically telling the whole damn world, come to Charlottesville, work hybrid and remote, keep your job, bring your stacks of paper, come here and live because the quality of life is effing awesome. We know that. Population increase, rates dropping, buyer bonanza. I will make an argument that it's going to make the buyer pool deeper than we've seen since maybe COVID. And when the buyer pool is deeper since we've seen since COVID, the sellers get even more leverage. We're already in a seller's market. The seller's market's going to get even more significant. The sellers will be able to command top dollar, and buyers are going to have to buy cribs overlooking overlooking, um, values, inspections, appraisers, and much more. We've got a fan trying to drop off a package over there. I'm not sure what she's trying to do. Wave to her. Say hi. Merry Christmas. She's got Santa clothes on over there, Judah. That red right there is tied to Santa Claus. All righty. I think you're going to see in 2024 a more difficult time to purchase because the competition to purchase is going to be even more significant, perhaps as significant as we saw during COVID. But will that be because of the change in rates or will that be because of the, uh, the biotechnology? Because of the change in rates. Also in part because of the population increase. But the change in rates is going to get so many of us who've been sitting on the sidelines on ice back into the game. And we're going to rationalize in our brain, sure, we got a 2.75% or a 3.75% or a 4% mortgage. And yes, the rate is at 5.556.57. But that delta, 3.7 to 5.7 or 2.7 to 5.5, whatever it may be, yes, it's a one and a half, two point, two and a quarter point delta. But we're sitting on so much equity, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, because the folks that purchased before COVID have seen 30, 40, 50, 60 percent, even more appreciation since the pandemic. They're going to weigh the scales of justice and they're going to say, I'll take a rate that's a point and a half to two points higher to be able to capitalize or take advantage of the stacks of equity that we have in our house. We'll take the stacks of equities that we have in our house, buy either something larger or more convenient or strategically positioned in a better spot to limit drive time to improve quality of life. We'll save some money on the purchase of our new home by being able to bank some of that equity for a rainy day. We'll have a higher monthly payment, yes, but that higher monthly payment is spread out over 30 years and 360 payments. So it's a much more difficult pill to swallow. It's like when you're in a, an association, an HOA. Everyone that has a home in an HOA wants to see the monthly dues each year go up a little bit as opposed to being hammered with a special assessment. 
Special assessment is the sticker shock. If you're spreading out that extra dollar amount over 360 payments in 30 years, people can digest and plan for that a little more. So my prediction, if you want to put the first three lower thirds on screen and rotate them on, viewers and listeners, I'm curious of your take as well, is with falling rates, you're going to have a buyer bonanza of proportions we lost last seen during COVID. For over a year, so many folks have stayed on the sidelines just rubbing their hands like this, looking for a reason to enter the market. Here's another question I have for you, viewers and listeners. Will we see the inventory, and I don't have the answer to this one, because this is a question on risk tolerance. This is a question on risk tolerance here. Will we see folks that have rates that are below 4% put their homes on the market to take advantage of their equity, or will we see those folks with rates below 4% utilize the equity in their home to buy other houses and take their current homes and convert them into rentals? I don't have that answer for you. I can't see into the future. I don't understand everyone's risk tolerance. I would bet there's a large portion of the population that realizes an interest rate that's below 3% or below 3.5% is an asset that will never be duplicated in their lifetime and most likely their children's lifetime. So if you have an asset that's 3.5% or below a fixed mortgage rate, and you know it'll never be duplicated again in your lifetime or your child's lifetime, are you going to give that up or will you pull the equity out of your house to buy something else and rent your current residence? Time will tell on that. Let's go to number one in the family. Why don't you show his photo on screen? We're gonna start putting pictures on screens of our commentators. This is Deep Throat. Tell me when Deep Throat's photo is on screen. Deep Throat is the only one in our talk show, uh, Power Pole, that does not have an actual image of himself. Deep Throat's image is on screen? Yep. Take a look at the screen for Deep Throat. Quite, quite a handsome fellow you are here in this picture, Deep Throat. Very, very handsome fellow. Very, uh, very uh, 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 approachable fella in this photo here, Deep Throat. He says this, and, and I sincerely mean this. This guy provides so much significant value to this talk show with his commentary. He says, I think you will see two contrasting effects from change in rates, viewers and listeners. I think you will see much more inventory come to market, but also for any given property, people can afford to bid higher because their funding costs are lower. So probably slightly higher price, much higher volume. I agree with that. He also says this deep throat. It has always felt to me, even up to today, that Charlottesville is quite cheap, but tends to have low inventory of quality houses. And he compares it to Houston. Central Houston, where he, I believe, lived at one time, is actually pretty expensive, but inventory was expansive. Easy to buy if you can pay up. I can compare it to Richmond. In Richmond, Virginia, you have, a, you have options. You have much more housing stock. If you strike out on a neighborhood, uh, on a house in a neighborhood you want, other neighborhoods will come into play. Other houses in that neighborhood will come into play. If you want to move to the uh, rugby barracks neighborhood in Charlottesville, 
you have such limited inventory. If you want to move to the uh, Ivy proper, like the Ivy on the urban ring side, we're talking Bel Air, Ednam, Ednam Forest, that neighborhood, those neighborhoods, you have such little inventory. So when one of those units comes on the market, people attack it. Yeah. Redfields, another phenomenally popular neighborhood. You want to try to buy a house in Redfields? You better get ready to make an offer on the first house that comes in the market. I used to live in Redfields. My neighborhood right now, Glenmore and Keswick, there is, you know how many houses are on the market right now in Glenmore? No. You know how many total houses are in the market? In, total houses are in Glenmore? One. Total houses in the entire neighborhood? Uh, it's not one. You think there's one home in I all of know. the neighborhood? I, I honestly don't know. N- roughly just... 950. Okay. Of the roughly 950, you know how many are on the market right now? I obviously do not. Three. I was close. Three of 950. You know how many are on the market in Redfields last I looked? Two. Zero. You know how many are in the market in Ednam Forest? No. Zero. Bel Air? Zero. Zero. Richmond, you target the west end of Richmond. You strike on a house, you can get a half a dozen on the market right now. I think you're going to see a buyer's bonanza. Kelly Jackson's got some comments. She says, can we get Kelly Jackson's photo on screen? Yeah. We're going to start putting people's pictures on screen. Holly Foster, we're going to put your photo on screen. Queen of Henrico in a matter of moments. Tell me when KJ's photo's on screen. KJ's always welcome on this talk show. There we go. She says, my dogs even get a photo with Santa. She loves the Christmas magic. She wants to know how we get the uh, ranking for our viewers. and This is a fantastic photo of you, KJ. Fantastic photo right there. Frameworthy. She wants to know how you came up with the power pool rankings for our viewers and listeners, Judah. How I came up with the ranking. <laughs> Don't lay this at my door. Did you update Ginny Who's image? Uh, not yet. Or not Ginny Who. Uh, who wanted an updated image? It was, uh, help me out with this. Uh, Georgia Gilmer. Did you update Georgia Gilmer's image? No, what am I going to update it with? She put on the thread the photo to use. Uh, you d- didn't point me to a thread. Okay, that's on the Facebook message. We'll update Georgia Gilmer's image. All right, let's get to Vanessa Parkhill's comments. Can you get Vanessa Parkhill's image on screen? Then we'll get John Blair's image on screen. Viewers and listeners, when you leave comments on the I Love Seville show, you will be highlighted with your picture on screen as we make this program even more dynamic and try to improve the product on a daily basis. I legitimately think about this talk show every day. Either the content. First, we need to get Vanessa's photo on screen. We can do the Georgia Gilmer update after the program. Georgia, I promise that image will be updated. Uh, Vanessa Parkhill's picture. Let me know when that's on screen. You've got to give me numbers. Here we go. She's the queen of Earliesville. I would label these, these photos by people's names because the numbers are going to change like a power pole. You can't just call them a number. Every week, the power pole is going to be updated like a top 25 college basketball pole. Vanessa Parkhill, fantastic image of you. That's she says, be a mess. She says, thinking, uh, I'm thinking stroking Santa Claus's beard might be going a bit too far. I think yeah. you're probably right. 
I think you read those before. I think you're probably right. Yeah. She also said, skim milk for Santa. How is he supposed to fill that, rel- that red velvet jacket out? Yeah, exactly. I just like skim milk. I'm one of those weird people that after I work out, I chug a glass of skim milk. I know that's, Judah's rolling his eyes. He thinks why that's gross. Just, why not just drink water? Because I like the taste of milk. But that's not milk. I drink a gallon of skim milk every three to four days. I drink a lot of milk too, but I like it to taste like something. What are you drinking, 2% or whole? Whole. You drink whole milk? Yeah. A gallon every two to three days? I don't know about a gallon every two to three days. Uh, I mean, I don't measure, I don't know how much I actually drink on a daily basis, but I drink a fair amount of milk. I say a gallon of, uh, conservatively, a gallon of skim milk every two to three days for me, Mm. for yours truly. Bill McChesney is watching the program right now. He's not in the top ten yet, so we don't have his image. We're going to have a database of everyone's photo that comments on the screen. He wants to know how Sir Neil Williamson came in at 28. We do the power rankings on this show based on the viewer and listener's commentary and the perspective they share on the show. Like, you can get John Blair's photo on screen. Tell me when John's photo is on screen. I love John Blair. He's number two in the power poll. Put John's picture on screen if you could, please, please, sir. We've dubbed him the king of there knowledge. John Blair says, Jerry, it's on screen? Yep. He says, Jerry, this is a great photo of John. Don't yep. you think? Yeah, definitely. John is a jolly, jovial, knowledgeable, intelligent, life of the party, great guy to be around, reliable, fantastic father, fantastic husband, A-plus human being, one of my favorite people to meet and come across in life. I sincerely mean everything I just said about you, John. He says, owning buildable lots or existing single-family home in Crozet is basically gold. Given the conditions that you just cited, rate hikes, or excuse me, drop-in rates, new new jobs opening up at UVA, as well as the local education situation, parents are going to be copying the first wise man, and paying in gold in Crozet. (coughs) I agree with that. I agree with that. In fact, I saw a fantastic Twitter thread uh, with John and Todd Rath, the king of cider. Todd Rath, you watching this fine and fair talk show? The owner of Blue Toad Hard Cider? They were interacting on Twitter (coughs) about the willingness of people to move to certain school districts they highlighted specifically western hello hi i just waved to some kids that were walking by the studio and they're like that guy is a creepster did you see that kid's i didn't see his face it's like that guy's a creepster um they talked about the willingness to move to certain school districts even if that means commuting further to work because they put their children before anything. And John's making the argument that folks will move to Western, (coughs) the Western Almaro School District, Crozet, because Western Almaro High School, he's called it on this fine and fair talk show, a private public school. Western is basically a private public school, he says. Some folks have monikered Western Admiral High School as Stab West. Hmm. St. Anne's Belfield West, Stab West. And he's of the, and I, believe, and I agree with him, he's of the impression that school district matters so much 
that people will prioritize the district over just about anything to the point that they will drive bidding wars to purchase homes in and around Crozet. To the point, he said, it's going to be the wise men paying in gold for houses out there. Hmm. I like it, John Blair. I like it. I like it a lot. Rob Neal watching the program. Rob Neal needs to get in the power pole. What number are we on the power pole, Judah? Uh, I mean, you've been skipping around, so I think the last one was number two, John Blair. No. How many are in the power pole? 28. All right. Put Rob Neal in at number 29. Can you mark that down on a piece of paper so we can do that after the show? Rob Neal is 29 in the power pole, and we need to get a photo from Rob Neal's page to put it on screen. Rob Neal. He says, Judah and Jerry, those with mortgage rates sub 4% probably approach carrying a mortgage for their primary dwelling as more of a business decision than emotional decision, like primary dwellings often historically are. Sub 5 rates probably entice some with smaller, no primary dwelling debt to entertain their next home leveraging it. I like that. He's basically saying those that have rates below 4% are so married to the rate that they're prioritizing the rate and the economics over potentially quality of life, making memories in a home, a lower or, or shorter commute for themselves or their significant others, and potentially even a school district. I have heard that from so many people, mm. that those below 4% are so married to the rate that they will do nothing to give it up. Yeah. Rob Neal, you're 29 in the power pole. We need to get Rob with a biopic and on the updated ranking. The power pole will come out every single week on this talk show, and we will show your picks on screen when you leave comments. I mentioned this live on air. I like the direction of where this is going. Do you? Requires a little bit more work for us. A little? It's, it's a job. It's supposed to be work. Okay. They don't call the job fun. They call it work. Calm down. It's work. We're all working harder. You know why we're all working harder? Because we're all getting raises next year. It's work. Already then. The way we get raises is by working. A little. A little. I'm, I'm doing the same. 2x as much. 2x the workload. Kate Schartz, the queen of Ivy. Kate Schartz is on there, right? We got Kate Schartz in the mix? Yep. Where's Kate Schartz? Kate Schartz is 16 in the power pole. Can you grab her photo and put it on screen? Yeah. She's the queen of Ivy. When she leaves a comment, I listen. She says, everyone has a number that would make them move, but I am not interested in going anywhere. We bought four years ago after a two and a half year house hunt. I'm not going to highlight where you live unless you give me the green light, Kate, to highlight where you live. I have monikered you the queen of Ivy. I will not highlight the neighborhood you live in unless you say it's okay to highlight the neighborhood that you live in. I have had the benefit, my family, of going to her awesome house to hang out with her awesome husband and family over fantastic, I think it was Indian food we had that night. And Kate, you may not realize this. This is the first time at your house that I've ever had Indian food. And I was like, I got to make a good impression with the Sharts. And I, I really like Brandon. And I, and, and I really like their kids. They're like the same age as my kids. Whatever you do, this Indian food's going to be damn good. And you're going to eat it. And you're going to just love it. And it was really good, Kate. I was very uncertain at first about the Indian food. But I thought it was really, really good. That was really, really good. 
I do know, I'm not going to say where she lives, that it's a phenomenal neighborhood. One of the most popular neighborhoods in town. She says it's fine. Okay, thank you. She's giving me the green light. Bel Air. Two and a half years waiting to get on that particular side of town. And that makes the point of what I was making earlier in the show. Folks that live in Richmond, a lot of folks want to live on the west end of Richmond. Houses come up on the West End and Richmond all the time. You want to try to get a house in Bel Air or Edinburgh Forest? Or you want to try to get a house somewhere in the neighborhoods in Ivy? Or on the south side of Charlottesville and Redfields? Good luck. Good luck. They don't come up. A lot of them trade off market. That puts it in perspective right there. Isn't that always going to be the case, though? And why is that always going to be the case? Yes, because, it's always going to be the case. And why is it? Because they're hot properties. Because there's limited inventory. And they're targeted markets because of certain proximities. Why is Redfields a popular spot to live? Because they've got nice houses in a nice neighborhood. Price point. Beautiful neighborhood. Location to the bypass, the interstate went to a completely different level, uh, Redfields, with the birth of Wegmans. So close to UVA, so close to the downtown mall, so close to the hospital, so close to everything. You're in that neighborhood for the four, fives, or early sixes. 400s, 500s, 600s. You get in that neighborhood, you stay there forever. Those are the reasons. Why Ivy? Schools, Proximity to the same things I just outlined with Redfields. <clears throat> I love when you guys make the program better. You guys sincerely, I sincerely mean that. Make the program better. Chocolate milk after activity, Vanessa Parkhill says. I love chocolate milk. I chug chocolate milk. My favorite chocolate milk is the chocolate milk that comes in the glass jug. You know the one that's got the thicker viscosity? Hmm, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. The glass-jugged chocolate milk? You can get money for uh, returning. The jugs? Yes, that's right. That chocolate milk is almost like a chocolate milkshake. I love that chocolate milk. Do you have Holly Foster's photo that we can put on screen? Is the Queen of Henrico watching the program still? Love Holly Foster. Can we get Holly Foster's photo on screen? Let us know when she's, she's on there. She has a fantastic dog named Luke that I think is like four and a half pounds. She goes to the boar's head all the time and gets her picture taken each year um, at the boar's head with the wonderful Santa Claus and Mrs. Santa they have. And she very much encourages you to get your picture taken with Santa Claus as well, Judah. All right. We have Holly's photo on screen. Kelly Jackson says she loves that chocolate milk too. That chocolate, I would bathe in that chocolate milk. I would take a bath in that chocolate milk. Alrighty then. I swear I would. It's got that thicker viscosity. Ginny Who, watching the program. We need to get Ginny Who's photo on screen. Homestead Creamery. Gosh, I love you, Ginny Who. Can we get Ginny Who's photo on screen? She said it's Homestead Creamery. Ginny Who in the Power Pole is ranked number four. So we've heard today from number one, Deep Throat. Number two, John Blair. Number four, Ginny Hu. Six, Vanessa Parkhill. Eight, Kelly Jackson. 
We've heard from Bill McChesney, number 15, Here number 16, Kate Schartz. Number 24, Holly Foster. And we have a new entry to the power pool, number 29, Rob Neal. You guys are making this program awesome. I love you guys. Ah, oh, Albert Graves is watching the program. Albert Graves is watching the show. Judah, let's get his photo on screen. Albert Graves, Warrior AG, is number 10 in the power pool. I don't... Is, where did you get that photo of Albert Graves? His Facebook page. Are you sure? That's not Albert Graves. It's not? No. That's a different Albert Graves. Is that Albert Graves? That's not Albert Graves. That might be our family to Albert Graves. Hmm. That's not, that's not, that's not Albert Graves. Okay. <laughs> Albert Graves is going to see this and said, Judah's aged me. He's I... come by the studio before. Hmm. Out, Warrior AG, you're going to have to de- <laughs> put the photo on screen that you have of Albert Graves. Uh, I mean, he's like, the... here we go. That's not you? It's not Albert Graves. I'm sorry. Warrior AG, you're going to have to DM me and Judah a picture so we can update the power pool. Yeah. Please do that. He says, that's my dad's photo, Judah. Okay. He says, the people who make the public decisions are getting ready for the big move in Crozet by building a huge self-storage on the corner of 215 Crozet Avenue. Hmm. Nothing says welcome home like a huge self-storage as you enter town. No doubt. I also saw on Jim Duncan's, um, Albert Grace is laughing his ass off right now. He said, that's my dad's photo. (laughs) Put Albert Grace's picture on screen. That's what makes this talk show so good. This is live programming. We literally do this show unscripted, except for the headlines that you see on screen. I sincerely mean that. All I do is read stuff and then put some headlines and send them to Judah, and we do the show. We need to get Albert Grace. Yeah, send us a picture. Send us a picture. Even <laughs> Judah got a chuckle out of this. Oh, uh, this is for the Crozations watching the program. I saw this on um, was it Jim Duncan's page. They're building a couple hundred uh, a couple hundred um, homes in Crozet right now, and somebody asked about the infrastructure if the infrastructure is there for they're like no way it's there where did i see that i read that somewhere today see if i can find it what do you make of the woodbrook teachers put the lower third on screen for woodbrook there's an outbreak at woodbrook now the teachers are mandated to get covid tests you got beef with that or no beef i don't have a beef with that it's, uh, f- you don't have a beef with the bosses? I, 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 the meme accounts that love to hate me and the haters that love to listen to every single word I say to then hate on me on social media, I'm asking this question purely for the sake of a talk show, not because I'm giving my opinion. Here's the question purely for the sake of a talk show. Albert Graves sent us a photo of his that we can use on screen. I love this picture, Albert Graves. It's in my Facebook DMs if you want to get it on screen. If I said to you, Judah... You came to work, and I said, some of the folks that have been part, you know, part of the team, Judah, Maggie, Brian, 
Lauren, Riley, any of these folks, and I say, you have to get COVID tested right now and show me the results. Leave work, go get the COVID test, bring it back to me so I can see it. You'd have no beef with that. I mean, in because this if case- you have beef with that, <clears throat> you can't have beef with. <coughs> you have to have the same beef with the the administrators or the front office demanding that Woodbrook teachers get a COVID test and bring them back the results. Or is it two different scenarios because there's children involved? I think it's both. I I, I wouldn't really have a uh, a problem with it, but they are different scenarios. This is not the same as a as a school. Um, we we don't have kids who are I mean, going to basically the boss is a kid. I'm not going to argue, but uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with it here if that's something that uh, that you felt was important. Uh, so you but, would have no beef if I said Judah right now, go get a COVID test and come back and give me the result. Yeah. Got no beef whatsoever. It's not quite. It's not the same thing as as forcing someone to get vaccinated who doesn't want to get vaccinated. I have no problem with uh, with wanting someone to get a test, especially when you've got not. And it's not just kids. It's the other teachers. It's all the parents that that come in and probably you know make their way through the halls. I mean, asking for someone to get a COVID test to prove that they're not going to be spreading. COVID throughout the school, I think is definitely not something that I would ever have a problem with. Well said. Um, I have zero beef with the front office demanding teachers at Woodbrook Elementary who are currently in a COVID outbreak, an outbreak defined by three cases or more tied to one COVID source. I have no problem with Dr. Haas or his front office saying, go get those, te- those teachers have to get a COVID test to give us the results. Yeah. And I'll further that comment by saying the comparison that I made with a small business and an elementary school is comparing apples to oranges. Teachers are in front of 15 to 25 to 30 students in a classroom every period. And there is no faster way for a COVID outbreak in a county than an elementary school, middle school, high school, because they're in close proximity. Elementary school in particular, if you know any youngsters or have any youngsters of your own, they pick their nose, they put their hands in their mouths, they have no hygiene, they're rubbing everything, touching everything, not cleaning their hands whatsoever. It is a cesspool for sickness, and we're dealing with it right now at our house. A cesspool for sickness. So comparing an elementary school and demanding teachers get COVID tests to a small business where, frankly, most of the time I don't think Judah even likes me. I'm not going to argue with that either. Are you taking the fifth on that? Yep. <laughs> I like you. I call, you I call it a love-hate relationship. I love him, but I think sometimes he hates me. I mean, you are my boss. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to hate me. Oh, Jesus. 13 years, I call it, this is a byproduct of 13 years of working alongside each other over here. It's not the same. It's not a comparison. Yeah. I'll take it a step further. 
What if they said you had to get a COVID test? What if they said you had to get a, uh, a vaccine? That what if I said to you, you have to get vaccinated right now and show me the proof of vaccination? What would you do? Let's say, uh, we got a busy day. You show me, you want me to do it right now? Uh, I mean, I'd have to give it some thought. It's not something that I've, uh, that I've thought about since, uh, you know, since nobody's been wearing masks and we're, uh, you know, I think in a place where most people believe we're in the clear now. Kelly Jackson watching the program says, I'm totally over COVID. If parents could just keep their kids home, then when they were sick, we would all be fine. I'll take it a step further. Are we, as a society or as a community, totally over COVID? Yeah. You say yes, with confidence and conviction. Well, not everybody, certainly. But uh, I think by and large, most of us are back to living our lives and trying to get on with things, uh, probably trying to fix the things that got broken during, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I have a buddy that help said our kids catch up to, uh, where they should be and, uh, just carry on. I had a buddy that said to me that he will never test for COVID ever again, never ask his kids to get tested for COVID ever again, never have. And his wife feels the same. Is that because they're just not afraid of it anymore? Or because they just don't care? Both. Ginny Hu says, how about stay home if you are sick? Also, let's stop with the testing altogether. Ginny Hu says that. I'm not sure why you would stop with the testing, though. Sarah Hill Buchensky, she's in the power pool. Can we get Sarah Hill Buchensky's photo on screen? SHB is what we've dubbed her. What is SHB in the power pool? She's number 13. Number 13 in the power pool, when she comments, I listen. SHB says, is the school paying for these tests? They are no longer free. What if there is strep, flu, cold outbreak? What happened to stay at home if you feel sick? Yeah. <laughs> Kate, Kate, the Queen of Ivy says, was it Brandon who said that? It was not, in that particular circumstance, it was not Brandon. But I think I have heard Brandon say that, Kate. I think I have heard Brandon say that. that. The person who said that was my friend Jay, who said that. He's completely over it. He will never test ever again, never require his kids to test ever again, and his wife feels the same way. SHB says, let me know when SHB's photo is on screen. I don't think it's a matter of just being over it. It's having more information, returning to normal risk analysis. Bingo, SHB. And whether we want to admit this or not, and this is going to piss some people off, but let's cut to the chase. When you give your opinion every day on a talk show in front of a lot of people, you're going to piss a lot of people off, and I'm okay with that. If we do not realize today that COVID and this pandemic was, was taken to levels of causing fear and taking to levels of crashing the economy and destroying businesses and crushing dreams... Of, of, of business ownership and setting children back from a, 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 a social norm standpoint or a maturity standpoint or an interacting with kids standpoint, setting children back from an academic performance standpoint, all for the sole purpose of influencing an election. You're not reading the tea leaves correctly. And I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a right down the center. 
That's my ideology. I'm a party of common sense down the center. But if you don't realize that COVID was exploited, SHB's on screen, there's Sarah Helbuchensky on screen. Fantastic viewer and listener of this fine and fair talk show. COVID was manipulated for the sake of a presidential election. Mark that down. And you got beef with that. That's your own personal issues because you're not seeing it the right way. And the collateral damage and the byproduct and the crappy, crappy scenario of this COVID thing being manipulated for a national presidential election is the following. Children, a certain age group of children, have been set back years in economic performance. Public schools clearly have not rebounded at the clip or frequency or effectiveness we thought they would. Small businesses got neutered. In particular, the food and beverage businesses, the hospitality and the music industry businesses. COVID caused the real estate market to explode. Affordability got... Choosing PG-13 language here. Affordability got... What should I say instead of... Tossed out with the bathwater. Tossed out with the bathwater. Thank you, Judah. No one, I can assure you, the power players and the people that were in the back room going, ooh, how can we F up this election or use it to our advantage, they never anticipated this kind of collateral damage. But that's what happens when you F with people's lives. You never anticipate the true ramifications. And that's going to piss some people off, but... We all know it's true. You got any beef with that statement? Not really. You agree with that statement? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. What a unique answer right there. Um, and all the parents that are commenting on the show, I see dozens of moms leaving this comment in the chat box that aggregates all the social channels. Just keep your kids home when they're sick. Albert Graves says it would be nice to do that, but a lot of families can't afford to lose a day of work to a sick kid. That's fair, too. Let's get Deep Throat's photo on screen. He says, Jerry, to your point about housing scarcity, forget about what's on the market. How many homes that are greater than 3,000 square feet in the Lewis Mountain Barracks Barracks Rugby area? Homes, period, not for sale. God, this is why Deep Throat is damn good. Listen to what Deep Throat has just extrapolated. Obviously, he's a statistical and data genius. Deep Throat, are you still watching this? This This is great. He has taken a baseline of the total homes in the Lewis Mountain neighborhood and the barracks and rugby area. And he said, I have this baseline of Lewis Mountain and the barracks and rugby neighborhoods. And I'm curious, he says, of how many homes in Barracks Road, Rugby Road, and Lewis Mountain, the Barracks Rugby and Lewis Mountain neighborhoods are over 3,000 square feet in size. 
and he's extrapolated. There's 136 total, 136 total in those neighborhoods that are over 3,000 square feet. He says of those 136, 76 are graded some flavor of A by the assessor. So if you're a wealthy out-of-market person, you have so few choices. Assume what? At most, 5 to 10% of, the, of these turn in a year. For all neighborhood, all neighborhoods, 3,000 square feet, A grade equals 291 homes total and not just for sale. So he's basically saying if you're targeting certain neighborhoods and you're out of market bringing in a bag of money, you have such limited, limited stock to choose from that that's why those homes trade at top, top dollar because you have to go balls to the wall to get them. Mm-hmm. And that balls to wall mentality tied to scarcity of getting these top homes has trickle over impact when it comes to comps and assessments and taxing situations. It's bananas. We're on a live talk show, sir. We're, we're hosting a live talk. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we've got a viewer and listener coming into the studio here. I forgot to lock that door. We need a live on-air sign on our side doors. I can get that from Front Runner Signs. I'll put that position in. All right. I got a meeting on the horizon. Evidently, we got a viewer and listener looking for Judah's autograph in the hallway right now. What's the message that you're going to sign to the viewer and listener when you provide their autograph? Would it just be your signature, or would you offer a message as well? Hmm, that's a good question. I'll have to think about that. We do need a bouncer deep throat. Did you see he walked into the, and Liza the dog barked. Yeah, she doesn't bark very often. What's the message that you would write to your fans? Keep it real. Keep it real? <laughs> Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. How about... Uh, is pot a drug? Is weed still called a drug? Yeah. It's never going to not be a drug. Yes, it is. You know that uh, caffeine is a drug, too. Yeah, do we say... It's not, not a drug just because it's Who calls not caffeine illegal. a drug? No Chemists? one stigmatizes caffeine as Chemists? a drug. Anyone that... No one calls caffeine a drug. Well, it's not like anybody goes around like trying to sell a bag of caffeine on the corner. Yes, they but do. It's called coffee. But that doesn't You get the, it at Shenandoah Joe's on Preston. Fact it's, it's either ground drug. or bean. Yes, they do sell coffee and caffeine in a bag on the corner. I can, it's called Shenandoah Joe's. It's ground or bean. It's about $19 a pound. The same metrics used to buy weed. There you go, folks. I'm not saying the same price. You heard, you heard it from the, the expert. Ginny Hu says it needs to be a Yiddish message, Judah. What's that? It needs to be a Yiddish message. Oh, man. Kishmir Tuchus. What? Come again? <laughs> what did you say? You don't want to know. Say it again. Kishmir Tuchus. Tell us what that means. I uh, probably shouldn't. There are kids listening. All right, as use this I've the P- PG-13. Kiss my ASS. You think those kids can't spell? Is that what you said in Yiddish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I speak a little Yiddish myself. <laughs> so this is what you would say. I'm a doctor myself. You would, say, you would say to your fans, 
Kiss my ASS, <laughs> Judah Wickhauer. Do you really think I would? No, I'm asking you for the message. Probably depends on the person. All right, that's a fair answer. I'll give you that. Um, Albert Graves says, you've watched Reefer Madness one too many times, Judah. I have. Have you, you know the movie Reefer Madness? Yeah. He says, you've watched it one too many times. It's no way it's a drug. Derek Bond, we love you. Derek Bond needs to be in the power pole. Can you put Derek Bond in the power pole at number 30? There's no way weed is a drug or there's no way caffeine is a drug? He thinks you have uh, an incorrect association or stigma of weed is what he's saying. I don't. You just called it a drug. Because it is. That, okay. We should get, uh, in fact, I think. I'm not saying it's a bad drug. Right? So you, is it in the same category as caffeine and sugar? I don't think sugar's a drug. You don't think sugar's a drug? No. You've seen what sugar does to bodies? That doesn't make it a drug. What's the definition of a drug? Isn't it something that has a bad outcome or effect on you? Isn't that what a drug is? Uh, I would say I the so. connotations of drugs are it's bad for your body. Isn't, I'm not saying the denotation. I'm saying the connotation. Denotation is, defini- is dictionary definition. Connotation okay. is societal definition. The connotation of drugs is bad for your body. That's, yeah, that sounds Sugar. probably about right. Sugar is that- way worse for you than weed. Okay. Are you asking me to argue with you? I- no, I'm having it for the <laughs> sake of a talk show. I mean, you're right. Connotationally... I think the you just turn connotation into an adverb there. Yeah. Most people think of drugs as things that are bad for your body. You're not wrong there, but that doesn't change the definition of what a drug is. And until you until you tell me whether you, until you tell me, "Oh, we're not talking about the definition of drugs, we're talking about the connotation of drugs." Well, that changes your question. Albert Graves, obesity is one of the biggest killers in America. Sugar leads that way. Sugar is definitely a drug. Sugar is definitely a drug. I saw what mm-hmm. sugar did to my dad. My dad got diabetes when he was 42, 43. Mm-hmm. I basically in my age vicinity and it it had impacts on his body that were quickly detrimental. Yeah. Quickly detrimental. Stay away from the beaties if you can. Chief Conscious. Love you, Chief Conscious. Hey, there's Ryan Miller, too. Uh, yeah, I've got a doctor friend who uh, is extremely... Um, uh, what's the word? He's, he hates sugar. Um, Have you ever poured he a... He likens it to arsenic. Have you ever pour, poured a soda on a battery, car battery, that has corrosion on it? Uh, I believe I have. You've done that? I hear, there, I hear Coke is also good for cleaning your a nasty toilet. Yeah. Seriously. I don't drink soda. So what is that doing to our Derek Bond? Sugar is addictive. Bingo. So is caffeine. I would say... Weed is in the sugar and caffeine category of drugs now because it's been destigmatized. And I'll take it a step further. When Yunkin gets out of office, when his term is over, Yunkin, and if 
I mean, the Commonwealth political tides would suggest the Democrats probably going to win uh, the governor's mansion. And I based that statement on this past election in November where the Democrats crushed midterms, crushed the election cycle, right? Yeah. They crushed at the local level. They crushed at state level. And that's a, Virginia's a bellwether state, so a lot of people are saying that's an indication where the presidential race will go in 2024. I don't buy that this particular year because I think if Biden is the candidate for the Dems, people are so concerned with Biden age-wise and performance-wise that there's not a chance in hell he'll get a vote. He'll win, I should say. My point is this. I think when Youngkin's term is over, I think the likelihood of a Dem being in the governor's mansion is high, and the likelihood of what Youngkin has done when it comes to um, limited opportunity for cannabis is going to be rolled back. Hmm. And when it's rolled back, it's going to be destigmatized even more, and it's going to be further in the category of um, um, sugar. And coffee. Sorry, I'm getting a text about something. The person that just texted me, I, I concur and I can highlight what you said is accurate. And I will not mention what you just said. Um, all right, that's all she wrote. I got to go make some money here. Vanessa Parkhill, there are drugs and there are mind-altering, mood-altering drugs. Sugar can be bad when consumed in excess, especially sugar, refined sugar. No but is, it won't likely lead to the death of you or someone else in a car accident. Tylenol is a drug. I think the government tends to focus on mind-altering stuff. Marijuana has not been legalized at the federal level. Ask anyone who works a federal job and they're still required to drug test. Um, I respect that. M many of the states have legalized marijuana. And in Virginia in particular, Vanessa Parkhill, you're able to grow a significant amount of uh, uh, marijuana at your personal residence and carry it on your personal person without um, ramifications. Furthermore, if you ever walked around Charlottesville, Virginia, and the downtown in particular, I mean, how many times do you walk around Charlottesville at the downtown mall and you're like, someone's smoking some heady stuff? Like, daily, right? That is a non-zero number. You're saying every day, right? I don't know every day, but uh, yeah, I've stepped out the back door from our from our. Uh, office dude, it's building. like right here next to the police station. Yeah, like folks walking down Market Street in front of the police station, like roasting a blunt, and completely fine. And I'm not like championing. I'm just letting you know what I see here on the streets. We are social voyeurs. I'm very much a social voyeur. You know what that means? I do. A studier of people. Thought you did a damn good job today. I can't wait to set up the Santa photo. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we, can, we can do that, right? Can I, I set up a photo for Santa with you? You don't have to sit in Santa's lap. Liza doesn't have to sit in Santa's lap either. But I think we should get... You can sit in Santa's lap if you want. If I want to. I'll give it some thought. We should get a photo of you with Santa okay. and Liza. This will be the first one in your life. Are we able to ask live on air your age or would you prefer that I not do that? I'm older than I look and younger than I feel. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Older than you look. And that's why we call you the young cowards. Yep. Right? Yep. That's what you should say to uh, your fans with an autograph. What? I'm older than I look and younger than I feel? And that's, that's why we an, call us the young cowards. That's kind of an odd thing to write to someone. When you, you were going to say, kiss me, yes, that says your signature. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yes, you were. 
Okay. Oh, I enjoy doing the show with you, Judah. He's Judah Wickhauer. I found, is- a, I found a bunch of names for, for Ms. Claus. We'll have to bring them up some other time. What are the first three names for Santa Claus's wife? I mean, there is, of course, Jessica. There's also Jessica. Uh, Anya, Margaret, and Ruth. Anya? Jessica? What is she working at? Scores? Could be worse. Why? Bunny. Bambi? What's the quintessential, quintessential name of a lady of the night? Bunny and Bambi are right there. Yeah. Lotta. Lotta? Lotta. I don't want to know the last name. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> I've said it already on the show. <laughs> oh, all right, I got to get to work. Judah Wickhauer, Jerry Miller, the I Love Seville Show. So long, everybody. <laughs>